Jesus is here tonight. The Spirit of God is here tonight. You are covenant people, and I'm a covenant preacher. That, that's a good match, amen? Amen, amen. Um, before we get into the Word tonight, I just want to, first of all, uh, thank Miss Joy. Miss Joy, she, uh, I've been kind of having trouble on my job lately, uh, getting here on Wednesday night. Sometimes I'm able to, and sometimes I'm not. And uh, she, is, she was my backup. Amen. And, uh, you know, she had to be the backup. So she had to study just like she was going to be preaching. Amen. So I thank you, uh, Miss Joy. God bless you uh, for your ministry and everything. Amen. Also, Miss Marilyn, about a month or so ago, you had a vision of a young lady that uh, you saw that was going to come to our church in Calvary. You remember that? Yeah, well, she showed up Sunday. <laughs> yes, she did. And she uh, walked down the aisle and gave her life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And so, you know, uh, when she came, I was like, man, she's the one. <laughs> she's the one. I thought about you, Marilyn. I said, that's, that, she's the one. And I told the young lady, I said, uh, as a lady in Cyprus that saw you, uh, she saw you in a vision that you was going to walk down the aisle and give your life to Jesus Christ. And you're the one. And she started smiling. And uh, we led her to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So just a wonderful testimonies we're getting in Calvert. Uh, also, Sunday, uh, we had 53 people in Calvert. Amen. Amen. You know, for for Calvert... <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of people, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot of people. Um, we don't have that many every Sunday. We, we will double that and triple that one day, but we're not there yet. But praise God. Thank you all for praying. It's the prayers of the saints that's making the difference. And I uh, want to thank you. And God is really doing awesome things down there. Amen? Amen. Well, I believe... Um, God's got a message for you tonight. Uh, I want to begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our study. Father God, we do give you praise tonight. We do thank you tonight for the Holy Spirit. We take time tonight to honor you and we ask this, this night that you would open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual ears. Send an anointing, Lord God, that reveals Jesus. Be glorified in our midst. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Tonight's lesson is called... The purpose of the church. The purpose of the church. And this is what God gave me. Uh, actually, God gave me another message. But Pastor Goodluck preached it last week. I did not tell you that, Bill. <laughs> he, he preached the message that I was going to preach because I had already prepared it. And uh, so I said, well, okay, God, you're going to have to give me something else. And he did. He gave me uh, 
this message for tonight. So it's a now message, a now word. Amen. The book of Acts chapter 1, the purpose of the church, verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Talking about members of the church. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. I want to I focus on that because we, we're kind of familiar with that scripture, witnesses unto him, the great commission, called to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, telling people about Jesus and leading people to, uh, to God. We're called to be witnesses to make an impact on the people in, of the world. And that's very important. I mean, you know, that's... Our primary purpose as a church is to win souls and bring people to Jesus. And this church here is an outreach church. Uh, church in Calvert is a result of that. And so that's our primary mission is to make an impact in the, in the natural world. And like I say, it's very important that we do that. But our impact does not stop in the natural world. It also involves the spiritual world. And a lot of times we don't really, I don't think, realize that God has called the church not only to impact the natural world, but also the spiritual world. There are eyes on you and I in the spiritual realm. Angels and principalities and powers in the unseen world, they're looking at us. They're noticing us. Their, their eyes are upon us, has redeemed people. They are interested in the redemption that Jesus Christ has given to us. And our ministry is not only to the world, this natural world, but it's also to them also. Because God wants to be glorified not only on the earth, but he wants to be glorified in heaven. He wants to be glorified even in hell. Hallelujah. So this is a message, kind of unusual in the way God gave it to me, uh, but this is a message that uh, God wants us to see tonight. He wants us to hear tonight in terms of our impact, not only in this natural physical world, but also in the spiritual realm. And as we go through this, I believe you'll understand where, where we're coming from. Amen? Let's go to Colossians, the book of Colossians. Amen, amen. God wants to be glorified in every, every realm. God is a spirit, and he wants to be glorified even in the spiritual realm. Colossians 1, verse 13. Who has delivered us from the authority of darkness. So God delivered you and I from a, a bondage that was spiritual. The Bible says he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The kingdom of God, which is 
a spiritual kingdom. Amen. In whom, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we are those who have been blood bought and we are part of God's creation. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Verse 16, I want to focus in on that. For by him, by God, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things. Somebody say all things. All things were created by him and for him. We are involved. The church is involved. The church is a player in God's divine order. God wants the church to impact the visible and the invisible realm. Can you see that? He, he wants us to glorify him in both realms. Now, I can't go no further until you agree with me. Do you agree with this? Amen. Amen. So we're on the same page. Now, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, Paul prays, that the church would discover its position in God's divine order. He prayed that, that the church would realize and understand its position in God's divine order. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Help us understand this, Lord. Ephesians chapter 1. Somebody say, I got to see. Somebody say, I got to see. Glory to God. God wants you to see. He wants you to understand. Verse 18 of chapter 1. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So Paul prays that the church would see something that it couldn't see or that it wouldn't see unless God gave them revelation. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. Paul prays that God would open the church's eyes to its true calling, the expectation of his calling. And that his inheritance would be made manifest in the saints. Then he goes on to say in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of God's power to us who believe? Paul prays that the church would recognize and understand the great power that's been made available to them as they exercise faith. Notice the Bible says that it's to those who believe. The exceeding greatness to of his power to usward who believe. 
that the power is available. According to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Scripture is saying there that Jesus has been raised to the highest position in the universe. Can you see that? Jesus has been elevated to the highest position in the universe. That's a spiritual calling that impacts not only the spiritual realm, but the natural realm. Okay? Hold your finger there, and let's go to chapter 2 of that same book. And let's look at verse 6. And had raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is saying that since Jesus has been raised to this position, we also in him have been raised up into this authority, into this heavenly position. We have been raised just as Jesus has been raised. Wherever he's been raised, you've been raised. The only thing that you have to do to experience the reality of that is to believe it. You have to accept what God says, embrace it, and embrace the ministry that he's given to you so that you will have the uh, ability to impact the spiritual world. Okay? You and I are called to impact the spiritual world, not just the natural world. Like I said, we do that. We, we witness. We, we tell people about Jesus. We, we tell folk, you need to get born again. We lead them to Jesus Christ. But there's more glory that God wants out of the church. And that is that we not only impact the natural world, he wants us to impact the spiritual world. And we have the spiritual capability in Christ to do so. Glory to God. Now, where is our position in Christ? That's the question. Where is it? Well, verse 21 will tell us that. Far above, far above all principality and power. Somebody say far above all. That's where our position is. It's, we've been elevated in Christ far above all principality and power, might and dominion. That's talking about every demon spirit, every demonic entity. We have already been raised up in Christ above them. Okay? And because we've been raised above them, glory to God, we can impact them. Amen. We have the capacity, the spiritual wherewithal to impact that world through him, through Christ, if we believe it. That's the key. I got to believe it. I got to believe that Jesus Christ 
through his death, burial, and resurrection has elevated me to a position of authority in him. And when I do that, I can impact the spiritual realm just as well as I can impact the natural realm. Glory to God. So it's far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God is interested in the church making an impact throughout the ages. Y'all didn't hear me. God is interested in you and I making an impact throughout the ages, hallelujah, in the spirit realm, in Christ, because we have been raised up with him. Now, when I begin to embrace that reality, I begin to understand then that nothing is impossible then for me as long as I am abiding in him. As long as I am a branch who abides in him, I can do all things through Christ. You know, a lot, a lot of times we quote the word, but we don't really believe the word, right? We just quote it. But Paul is saying he wants our eyes to be open to the reality of who we are in Christ and the things that we can do in him to impact even the spiritual realm. Pastor Goodluck likes to put it this way. You are not ordinary. You're not. The scripture teaches us that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And because of that, all things have become new. We have, we have the spiritual ability or capability to bind Satan's work. To come against him. See, these are the things he don't want us to know. These are the things he wants to keep us in darkness about. He wants us to stay, remain in darkness so that we can remain weak and we won't be a, a threat to his kingdom. But when our eyes become open, there's nothing that we cannot do in him. Verse 22. And had put all things under his feet. Talking about Jesus. The scripture says that he's put all things under his feet. Don't get tired of saying all things. Say all things. Say all things. Say all things. The church has got to get used to saying I have all things under my feet. A lot of times we don't take hold of everything that God has given to us. Uh, I'm reminded in 2 Kings, I'm not going to go there, 2 Kings chapter 13. Elijah got angry because the king did not think big enough. Y'all remember that? 
I think he told the king to strike the ground. The king struck the ground three times, and Elijah got mad. He said, you should have done it five or six times. You, don't, you didn't think big enough, because you could have had more, because God had more. I'm going to say that again. You could have had more because God had more for you. The same holds true with us. A lot of times there are things that's available to us has an inheritance, blood bought for us, and we don't take advantage of that. I'll put it this way. We don't take advantage of our advantage. Jesus has done it all, and yet we don't experience it all because we don't believe for it all. He had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to who? The church. To the church. That's you. That's me. This is our portion. This has been bought for us. He hung on the cross, he died, he shed his blood, and he was raised from the dead because of that. We can receive this. It's ours. He had put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Glory to God. So these things have been given to us that we might have the spiritual wherewithal to make an impact even in the spiritual realm. Glory to God. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes. Somebody say, this is a mystery. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote, I think they say three-fourths of the New Testament, Right? Two-thirds of it, whatever, most of it. And he, he understood these things that I'm talking about tonight. He saw these things. And I believe he saw them because he spent a lot of time praying in the Spirit. He spent a lot of time praying in tongues. No wonder the devil... Don't want people praying in tongues. No wonder he fights that. The majority of the uh, evangelical Christian world, they don't even believe in praying in tongues. The devil has blinded their eyes to the power of God so that he can keep the church, so that the devil can keep the church weak. So that the church cannot impact the spiritual realm to the degree that God wants them to. Paul got a hold to the mystery of God, and I want to touch on some of that as we come to a swift close. I'm just about out of time. (laughs) Um, Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. And I was going to start at verse 2, but my time is running short. Verse 4. Let's start at verse 4, and I'll just read on down. As we read this, and I'm not going to be able to comment on all this, 
Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Amen. Verse 4. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So Paul says, I want you to understand what I understand. I want you to understand the things that God has revealed to me through revelation knowledge. Verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So in other ages, people didn't have this information. They didn't have this revelation. And they did not have the spiritual wherewithal to make an impact in the spiritual world. Not like the church does. Verse 5. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of God's power. Glory to God. Verse 8. Under me. Who am, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given? So Paul said he was given this grace. The other apostles didn't have this revelation. Paul got this revelation, and he shared it with them later. But the Bible says here, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, the unlimited riches of Christ? Glory to God. So Paul said that, that, that was his ministry to the Gentiles. He would preach things that the other apostles wasn't preaching yet. The unlimited power of God available to the church. The unsearchable riches of Christ. That, I, I looked up that word unsearchable and that's what it means. Unlimited. There's an unlimited supply of power. Unlimited supply of anointing made available to the church if the church will believe it. Verse 9, verse 9, and this ain't just for the preachers. It says here, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery. That means the weakest one in the church is more powerful than the devil. Under me who to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. God didn't reveal this until this time. It had been hid in God, the Bible says, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Verse 10. To the intent, this is the whole reason that he did it. To the intent that now, somebody say now. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, God said that he wants the church, you and I, to demonstrate to the principalities and powers his manifold wisdom. He wants to work his manifold wisdom through us. Hallelujah. So we have been called. Not only to be witnesses in the natural world, but also to be witnesses in the spiritual world of the, of the grace of God and the manifold wisdom of God. How God could take a person who had, was full of sin, redeem him, 
and make him a son of God with son-like privileges, with royal privileges, hallelujah, raised up, seated in heavenly places, really and truly seated with Christ, your position, if you don't know it, you're seated there with Jesus Christ at the very right hand of God. That's where your authority lies. And the scripture says that God wants to use the church to demonstrate this to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So every trial that you go through, every difficulty that you go through, every attack that you survive, it speaks to the devil that he's defeated. Because he can't take you out. He can try to take you out, but he, has to, he does not have the authority to take you out, if you know it. So that's what God, God wants us to do as a, as, as a church. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church, God's manifold wisdom, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that's what this thing is all about, really. Not only to impact the natural world, impacting people. And that, and like I said, that's, that's the most important thing right now for us is getting folks saved, leading them to Jesus Christ so they can get born again, so they can go to heaven with us. But it's also to minister into the uh, spiritual realm that the demons and, and even the angels that they can see God's greatness working through us. Amen? Stand to your feet tonight. God is good. Really and truly, to, to, to touch on a, a lot of this, it takes like at least four weeks. <laughs> but y'all got a condensed version tonight. Amen? Lift your hands to him tonight. Father, we do give you praise. We worship at your throne. Because we do have access to your throne room. And we do, Father, glory in him in that. We pray tonight, Lord God, that we would begin to understand more readily by your grace those things that have been freely given to us in Christ Jesus. May your people begin to grasp the reality of the risen Christ. May they begin to grasp the reality of our union with him that you may be glorified as we do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you, Pastor. God bless you, Marilyn. You did. God is good.